Welcome to Three Car Garage. I believe this is episode 10, James. Are we? We are indeed episode 10. It's been a while. Excellent. Yeah, it has been a while. We've we've had a, I've been using this word a lot on our social media, but we've had a hiatus, partially because James and I have been incredibly busy, and plus the the quality of guests we, we were offered from our production team have, haven't been great. So um, <laughs> we, we've sacked the production team off, and we've got our own guest for this evening's recording, which is Shami, who is the founder, I guess is the right word? Of, yes, yes, it is. Of Omologato watches, which are amazing. So super excited to have him on here. Let's well, let's let's let Shami sort of give him give an introduce yeah. Welcome in, to the uh, show. Blah, introduction. Firstly, <laughs> firstly, flattery will get you nowhere. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I know that's not true, but, Shami. But, <laughs> but thank you for inviting me onto this this evening. It's, it's very flattering, actually, to be asked. Um, I'm Shami Kalra. I own uh, Amoligato watches, which um, I hope your listeners have heard of. Um, I absolutely love motorsport first and foremost. And a few years ago, I had an idea to put my livelihood together with my passion, thinking I'd make some extra beer money. And here I am almost five years later, and um, it's a viable business. So it's an absolute pleasure to do what I do and it's also an absolute pleasure to be noticed by people like you to invite me on to you know things like this it's just cool I just love four wheels and I love you know watches so it's it's nice <laughs> to talk about it all the time and, I'm, and I, I'm, a, I'm an absolute bore at parties people glaze over when they ask me a question about motorsport or a car or watches like you guys I can see you're all glazing over right now so then well, you're in no. the right you're, you're in the right place uh, yeah, I, yeah, my, my forte is killing a party with facts about cars so <laughs> yeah. I've got some I competition have... now I'm all here. <laughs> I normally have my wife as a chaperone next to me and she normally nudges me and says stop stop they've all gone they've all you know they're all zombies now they're not listening to you uh, at least yeah. yours nudges. Mine just steamrolls over me. <laughs> oh, <really? Yeah. laughs> just pushes me out the room, starts a new party. Yeah. So, I'm one of those guys that you wish you really wish you hadn't asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> I say you're 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 among friends here. In that case, don't worry. Yeah, excellent. Okay, no, it's cool. Pleasure having you on. Definitely. It's um... thank you very much. Like I said, it's nice to be asked. Actually, <laughs> Shami, Shami, what's what's your history with the uh, with the watches? Because. Um... I've, I've obviously spoken to you about this before, so it's a little bit of a loaded question. But you, you do have a long history with watchmaking, I believe. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, by um, uh, by um, uh, what's my right? What am I trying to say? Uh, but I'm a designer by trade. Okay. Um, so I don't physically make the watches. I don't. I have had watchmaking lessons, and I understand oh, sure. the basic stuff. But my background is design. Uh, and I've always been into design. I started making watches when I was about 23, 24 with my current supplier, actually, um, over in Japan. Okay. And we started working together. I'm 49 now. So what was that? 26 years ago, we started working together. Wow. And um, I started making watches for, for instance, um, one, of the, one of the brands I've worked with for years is, is Audi. Um, when they were winning Le Mans all the time, they'd phone me up and say, listen, we want 100 watches made to celebrate the fact that we've won it. Brilliant. So cool. Give them out so cool. gifts to um, you know, senior executives in their, in their company, whether it be in Germany or whether it be in London or wherever it was, they, want, they wanted me to make watches. So I did that for a lot of motorsport teams and a lot of motorsport um, genres, if you like. 
we made watches for Rolls Royce in the past and different, wow. different sort of specs for them. So if you bought a, a Phantom a few years ago, you'd be presented with a watch. You know, we, we do, I do all that oh. kind of stuff, which, which helped me pay. I, I, I had two young children at the time. They're now older, so I don't have to pay for them anymore. Sure. <laughs> you, That's what you, you think. To... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. God, they're both self-sufficient, actually. It's really good. <laughs> but when they weren't self-sufficient and I had to pay for them, um, I had to take, you know, every job that I could just, just to keep the family fed. Of course. Um, and over the years, margins were getting smaller. The corporate world was getting more and more boring. Uh, honestly, the, uh, you know, the, the people who were telling me what to do were getting younger and younger. And it was almost like I, I, I didn't want to listen to their crap anymore. I, and it wasn't money's not my motivation, as you see. So if I made a lot of money after doing that, it wasn't really my motivation because it was totally boring. It was almost like do this. So I'd go and do it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, of course. I think in, uh, I came up with the idea in 2015 for a Mulligato, and um, a lot of people have heard this story, but I'll, I'll say it again for this podcast. But uh, I went into my office on a Friday evening after my wife and I had a, an argument because I really was brain dead. Um, business wasn't great at the time either, so even money was tough. So I went into the office, and two days later I came out after this argument my wife and I had, and I came up with this idea, and everyone thought it was you know you're you're crazy starting your own brand it's you know it's it's it's, it's a tough climate there's no way you're going to be better than the established brands and i thought no, i've got something different so um launched the website and four or five days later our first sale came in and it was uh it was 400 wow. and something pounds which was like winning the lottery yeah and then about an hour later another sale came in and literally within the space of a week i'd sold one month's worth of production uh, Amazing. Within one month, I'd sold six months worth of production, and within six months, I sold a year's worth of production. Wow, that's amazing! Um, that's, so, yeah, so that's, was, that's... It, I really was sort of sitting back thinking, this is something that that could actually work. So that's that's the start of the story. I actually started the business because I wanted some extra beer money as well. That's all it was. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. There was no, you know, I didn't want to buy a new Ferrari or anything. I just wanted some extra beer money for the weekend, and here well, we are. And it is. Afford, I can afford a keg of beer now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally like the uh, the new company dream, you know. To yeah, set, I mean, set up a yeah. company to have a sale so quickly, and then for it just to escalate from there. The the escalation, though, Rick, and I'd I'd love to sit back here and take all the credit for it, but I, I, along the way. On my journey with being very, you know, the average, maybe not so average, but, you know, just the average guy taking orders and all the rest of it, I've always been around a motor circuit. Sure. I've always been polite to people that I've met and all the heroes that I've met in the past and all the rest of it. Peter Windsor, who you may know is the ex-Williams manager and now is a... Yes. A, so, Peter, I, I queued to meet him in 2015, four hours just to meet him. Oh, wow. And now he works for the company. And, I, you know, and, and we <laughs> wow. socialize as friends and we text and WhatsApp gossip and some stuff. If I ever share, he'll kill me. But, um, <laughs> you know, so he, he, I class him as a friend now. And, and you know, you sort of sit back and think, God, I queued four hours for him years ago. Yeah. And here he is now, a friend. And I've got loads of people within the motorsport world who they're not just acquaintances anymore. They're more than that. And um, But it's, the only reason is, is because when when i and i am still a fan but when i was just a fan all i ever did was engage with these guys in a very polite way and and even the people who are decision makers behind in the background who um 
you know, can pull some serious strings. Manners cost nothing. And that's all I ever did in the beginning. So they've taken me, they've made me, and they've pulled me along because they've engaged with the brand. And, and that to me is the most important thing. So yeah, I have done a lot of work and I've just come back in from um, being out most of the day. And when I finished up with this podcast, I'll be working probably until midnight because I work until midnight every night um, because we have a US, um, a lot of US business and uh, American customers come online. So the, the journey has been great. The journey has been bloody hard work. Sure. Um, building a brand has been tough because and I shouldn't really say this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, no one needs a watch. Nobody needs a watch. However, if you put a story behind it, you put a, um, a vision behind it, you put a, an association, i.e. IndyCar or uh, Monza yep. or whatever, suddenly that, that object becomes something that tells a story and something that generally men, obviously women buy watches as well, but uh, out of every hundred watches sold, uh, five watches are sold to women. So it's not a massive market for ladies. Sure. But So it's generally men who, who do buy the watch. But as soon as you put a story into it, you know, like Rolex Daytona. Um, yeah. Generally, yeah. even non-watch people will know what a Rolex Daytona is. They probably might not know about the, the Daytona race in Florida. No, but sure. But they'll know the Rolex Daytona and, you know, the, um, the Steve McQueen one. Yes. Yeah, the Steve yeah, McQueen yeah. and all the rest of it. There's a story in that product, and they've got it absolutely right, Rolex have. Um, so once you put a story into something which is inanimate, even cars, you know, why why do people buy um, I don't know um, Volkswagen instead of uh, Seat? They're exactly the same car. Yeah. But the story of Volkswagen or even Audi, Audi's a bit more because it's the luxury side of it. But Volkswagen and Seat are exactly the same thing. But people will buy the Volkswagen brand because they've got more of a story than Seat have. So you've you've got to make something. You've got to create an image. Yeah. And that's what I've done with Amolaga. So I've just put my passion into into the brand if you like and and people have engaged and i can't you know every day i'm getting whatsapp even this evening the reason i'm a bit late with catching up with you guys is because i've had conversations with heroes this evening you know oh wow and, uh, and they're not just heroes these guys now want to engage and uh when does podcast go out in the next few days yeah, yeah it'll be a couple yeah, of days I mean, I, as quick as i can edit it unless you want okay. me to put it out otherwise no, well, December the 1st, you guys have to really look out to see what's happening because it's another one of those. I mean, I've done the deal. It's all happened and all the rest of it. And the reason I'm telling you is because everyone who's listening is invited. But, you know, look out for our social media. E even I will be looking at that thinking, how the hell has that happened? <laughs> but it's going to happen, you know. And um, when we finish the podcast, I'll tell you what it is. But, you Fantastic. know, it's those sort of situations where you're, where you're wondering, well, how did that happen? Next year, um, I've sponsored IndyCar for a couple of years, and um, the IndyCar team that I've worked hard with and done a lot of great stuff with, as they, um, McLaren have taken over their title sponsorship for next year. Oh, so wow. So now my brand will be on the side of McLaren IndyCar next year. Um, we're oh, doing wow. a massive amount of activation. The car's being launched, um, I think it's early next year. The new liveries will be shown to me in the next couple of weeks. How did that happen? That, you know that's all crazy. I wanted, all I wanted was a little bit of beer money. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. now my company's on the side of McLaren. You know, um, it's and, and uh, you know there are talks of some pretty high-profile Spanish drivers going to IndyCar, but I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. Oh. And, yeah. You know, and they'll be wearing my watch. And really, that would be incredible. Yeah, it is. And 
but it's people coming to me and saying, I love what you're doing. I love the passion behind it. Can we do this? Can we do that? And we've got a massive announcement. It's a very British announcement to make in January. And even then you sort of sit back and, and I wasn't, I was approached. I didn't, I didn't actively seek, you know, that partnership. Monza is another one. Monza to me is probably the most historic racetrack in the world. You sure. Know, stories and everything else. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. They approached me in 2017 and said, we love what you're doing. Can you, can we talk about a partnership? And you go to Monza now, we've, we've got a clock there with our, with my name on it. Big clock. Yes. Oh, yeah. ha- haven't you got a 30, cafe you know, as well? It's about, it's about 18 foot tall and about sort of four foot wide. So it's a lovely sort of long thing. Yeah. And um, don't, don't you have a, a cafe as well there? We have a cafe in Windsor, which... Um, in Windsor, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah we have. So um, my idea was it's a social brand. Um, it's very inclusive. So everything that I do and everything I get involved with is not because I want to be, you know, the big guy on social media saying, look where I am and look what I'm doing. It's, it's look where I am and you're coming with me next time I organize an event there. So, it, um, it, it never, ever comes across like you're being the big I am on your social media well i hope so because um, i've had a couple of trolls <laughs> who said i it looks like i am the big i am but I, no, I'm as much in not the, at all in the headlights as anybody else you know so. uh, of course um but it, it well certainly personally it never comes across like that and oh, that's good with with the i suppose it's a sister brand with your chronos and cars thing yeah the amount you give back to the to the customer the community well, yeah I guess. yeah can to, I, to the community to the customer back? Can I tell you why I give back? Yes, so there please are key, key, key points in my life, right, that, um, that have really, really coloured me and, and, and in, the, in the sense that, um, how can I put it, they've, they've made impressions on me which will never, ever disappear. So my uh, first um, British Grand Prix or Grand Prix that I went to was the British one. Um, I think it was 1999. And we'd saved up, my, my, for my son and I, effectively two months worth of tesco's shopping money to go and buy oh, wow. a few tickets to get there <laughs> and they were just they were grandstand tickets but they weren't sort of like the start finish they were i think they were beckett's or something like that. okay but they were expensive i think they were from memory they were 365 pounds which back then we were oh, spending yeah. about sort of 70 pounds a week on in tesco's or 60 pounds a week in tesco's so that's a, that was a lot of money for us in one go to spend right so we bought them six months in advance. My, mm-hmm. actually my, my wife bought me for, the, for, the, for my birthday. So we went. Uh, we got there. We were told we had to pay for parking. I thought, well, I've spent 365 quid. The least you can do is shove me in a field for free. Yeah. So we had to pay money. Oh um, and then we sat. Literally, we saw nothing apart from cars flashing by every sort of 30 seconds. And um, because the day cost me so much, I had just enough of fuel. I had no money for hamburger mm-hmm. no money for a coke so i bought my son the the drink and the hamburger and i literally was just looking for water wherever i could find it sort of thing because it was a warm day sure and i walked away thinking i see i've seen no racing drivers apart from sort of splash in front of me i've paid all this money i'm starving and i've had to pay god knows how much to park the car in a field which took which took me two and a half hours to get out of and i walked away thinking well the motorsport is totally exclusive which basically means you, being the average guy, is totally excluded from everything. Yeah. And brands oh, yeah. such as, you know, the big Swiss watch brands and all the rest of it, they had cordoned off areas 
where nobody was allowed to look at a watch. There's no way in hell I could have afforded a £3,000, for instance, Targ Hoyer that was on, on display because I, I would scrape together 360 quid to get there. Sure. So I felt excluded. It's like looking through a window of somebody's house while they're having a house party. They've invited you to the front door, but you're not allowed in. <laughs> and it was the worst feeling ever. <laughs> and it's never left me. So this idea of, hey, look at where I am, look at what I'm doing, but you're coming with me because that feeling of exclusion is awful. I think it's one of the worst feelings we all have. So my brand is very inclusive and I'm a very inclusive person as well. So you'll notice two things. One is that whatever I'm doing, whenever I've organized an, uh, an, a partnership, uh, whether it be IndyCar or whether it be, dare I say, Formula One for next year, um, Formula E definitely. Yes. In that contract, it says you have to invite my customers to an event to meet the drivers, the cars, everything. Doesn't matter where it is, we're going to do an event. Every single thing, because I want... The guys who spend three or four hundred pounds with me on the on the watch, or two, even ninety nine pounds, it doesn't matter. Um, you you you've bought into now a, a in inverted commas a club where you're going to get invited into, and yeah. you bought the product. You've you've invested in me and the brand and everything else, but now I want to give something back to you, and that could mean meeting one of your racing heroes. That could mean, you know, we did we did the Williams Formula One event last December. I yes, had, I had grown men crying at me and saying thank you so much and I thought all I've done is used my contacts to organize an event sort of thing and obviously you know here we are instead of me just going there I, I want to take you with me so it's that kind of thing that I get back and then the other thing you'll always notice about my events is always free food yes <laughs> because sure I hate is. that feeling of not being able to afford a coffee or a, yeah or whatever I mean I can afford a coffee and most of my customers can afford a coffee and all the rest of it but it's that feeling of how I felt when I, when I went to the British Grand Prix and I couldn't afford a bloody drink. So, it, and that's horrible. So that's why every event I do is free food. You know, whether it be a full English breakfast or we're doing an event this Sunday, actually, um, you know, there's going to be coffee and croissant, various other sort of nice stuff being served up. Everything's included. You don't have to be excluded. So if someone turns up with four kids and yeah. he spent money on the tickets and he can't afford, you know, four coffees or four drinks or four whatever it is. It doesn't matter. That's all free. Eat and drink as much as you want. That to me is the, that that's one of the, the that's what I like giving back to the customer because you spend 300 pounds on something and usually a brand forgets about you. But not me. I don't I don't want to work like that. And I don't want my brand to be like that. I want it to be you're bought into it. You've you've you know, you're giving me the respect of buying something that I've designed and okay, I put my neck on the line to stock and all the rest of it <laughs> yeah. cost a lot of money to do it. But here's something back, you know, whether it's... it be a cup of coffee, whether it be a breakfast, whether it be meet your racing stars, whether it means, you know, opening up Williams Formula One on a Sunday morning, that kind of stuff. I mean, like I said, December the 1st, I think I pulled off a really cool one. And I'll tell you when we stop, uh, when we stop the podcast, but it, it's giving back again because general motorsport fans don't have... And I'm not being patronizing. Um, and this is only after speaking to people. They don't have the opportunity of, of getting involved because they don't. sport is exclusive. And it, it, is. it needs to be. And look at Formula One and what they're trying to do. And Formula E is doing a great job with it. It needs to be inclusive. And if you don't include people, they won't engage with it because nobody needs to visit or even watch motorsport anymore because it's not relevant. It's becoming less and less relevant. This so, is very um, true. You know, so people need to wake up to that. Certainly, from my point of view, um, having been to a number of your events, it is a lovely community. 
of guys that get together. Um, and I, I've made friends going to them that I, I talk to almost daily. Um, oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but like... Um, just... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was, I was going to say, um, you know Ian, obviously, um, and Jasper. They're, yes, yes, um, yes. So for the sake of our listeners, that's Ian Skelton Photography. Um, that's his Instagram handle as well. <laughs> fantastic fantastic photographer and um he's Jasper my go-to is... guy actually yeah yeah i'm i'm not surprised he does incredible yeah, no, he's work. my go-to guy whenever we do anything he's there he's coming on sunday as well to our next event oh excellent yeah, excellent and if he's listening you'll chuckle at that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure if he does listen i need to uh... oh i'm gonna make sure he i'm gonna make sure yeah. he listens <laughs> rattle his cage about it yeah, um yeah. and jasper is another great photographer i met Lovely at one guy. of your events um Lovely guy. but i tell you what jasper's one of the nice He's one of the. He's a great example of a good guy. Firstly, he buys the product, so he believes yeah. in the product. He engages with me on social media because um, maybe some of you might know that I'm a complete nut on Twitter. I do rant, but I do also <laughs> have lovely discussions on it. And um, and he's a great photographer, so I, I love I love his um, um, you know I love his photography. But there, are, like I said, there are a few people like that, and it's just really nice to be able to say that these guys are now becoming friends and Jasper's yeah. been down to the uh, to the coffee shop much like peter taylor and oh brilliant all i could mention it's just really nice and you know and i'm selling an inanimate object which has now become you know it's become emotional so you if you're emotionally attached to it then it means a lot to you you know it's it's not entirely inanimate. I'd just like to clarify that for oh, okay, us. Cool. <laughs> it is a it is a working watch. It's, yes, yeah. It's not it's not just a picture of a watch on a bracelet. <laughs> no, no. You mean like a like an an eye watch? Don't get me Yeah, well, yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> have uh, have you guys done backgrounds for the Apple Watch yet? I if you if anybody asks me or even suggests that I will shoot them. <laughs> that that every watchmaker, every watch brand, um, we all have. Um, I mean, okay, fair enough. Apple, they make money. Yes. Faceless, uh, and you know, as as um, Zoids, we just give them money while they just give us the same stuff back with a little feature on it. But yeah. calling that a watch was the biggest disservice that's ever happened to the industry. This, uh... it, it's not a watch. It's actually a mini iPad for your wrist. <laughs> that that's what it is and the wrist fact that it tells the time is a byproduct because it, it you know there's nothing in it have you ever seen on instagram somebody post a picture of their eye watch to say look at this no i, I don't i don't think i have i think i thought you did actually oh, really <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that, the product's great i mean i don't have one but my children have one and i know loads of people it is great. I mean, it tells your heartbeat and it tells how many walk mm. steps you've done. It's a great product. And I'm not against it being a good product. And what it's done for people's love of putting something on their wrist, it's great. But it's yeah. not a watch. Uh, you know, a watch is, you know, it's a Rolex. It's, it's one of mine. It's, it's something, you know, you hear that story of, you know, I've heard it a number of times. I don't know whether your listeners have or whether you have you know, somebody's wearing a watch, a very simple watch, and you ask them why they bought that brand. They say something like, it was my grandfather's in the war. Yeah. Or, you know, my dad got it as 50-year service or something like that. Would you get an, an Apple iWatch for 50-year service or a gold iWatch for a 50-year service in the factory? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't give one. And if, if I was given one, I'd throw it back in their face. 
but you give them something as something special as a watch, whether it be two hundred pounds or two hundred thousand pounds, it has a story behind it, it does. and it, it's something that's alive, you know. And whether that guy who's wearing his grandfather's watch from the Second World War, that watch might be tenor worth to you and me, but to him it's not. It's worth a million quid, you know. Yeah, and, for sure. And, the iWatch just doesn't have that soul or connection, and uh, and I think that's that's where it that's where it loses everything. It doesn't have the soul. I yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree. It's uh, a watch. Its function should be to tell the time, add a push, the date. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, Shami, you know this. We've spoken about this. I I wear G Shocks because I break I watches. I love G Shocks. I love G Shocks. And I, I, I won't have a digital. <laughs> I, I, I I won't get a digital one. Yeah. I because I I just prefer hands and tachographs and a little date display on it. Yeah. And yep. and that that is all I want out of a watch. Yep. Um, my my, I'm I'm a Land Rover owner. I go off roading. I tend to stick my hands into the engine bay a lot. So yeah. I've destroyed. But Rick, you know what? Can I tell you something? Yeah, you've please. already you've already given me an example of why you buy a watch, right? Yeah. You've said Land Rover. You've said G Shock. I've seen you, right? Yeah. You're quite a rugged-looking bloke. <laughs> oh, thank you. So the whole thing, if you were wearing a, um, a, a flimsy Daniel Wellington, I'd go, "What the hell are you doing?" Because it doesn't suit you. No, no. The of fact course. that you've homed in on the G Shocks and you're talking Land Rovers, and you know you have facial hair, and I know, I know you're quite rugged-looking and all the rest of it. That to me means you know exactly what you want and you know exactly what you like. And the fact that you're comfortable enough to have chosen a brand which isn't, you know, because there are people out there who can't, aren't comfortable enough to choose anything apart from um, a Rolex because they yeah. don't want to. It's like the guy who buys the Lexus and they don't want to explain to their neighbor why they didn't buy a BMW. The guy sure. who buys an, a Lexus has more confidence than somebody who buys something that society wants him to buy. Yes. So yeah, yeah. a lot of people who buy Rolexes, they have no idea why they bought a Rolex, but they do know that it will re- impress people around them. And yeah. that's one of the reasons some, I would say, and a lot of your <coughs> listeners might be rolling their eyes at this, but I would say 60% of people buy Rolexes because they think, oh, maybe I should buy it because then society will think I'm successful in what I do because that's the, that's the standard product to buy when you've made a bit of money. Much like, you know, um, I don't know, maybe Rolls-Royce maybe 30 years ago. I wouldn't say that now, but, you know, or, or whatever. A lot of people don't have the confidence to buy into micro brands because they then have to explain to their friends what that watch is. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. one of the big things. So the fact that you've made the decision to buy something as cool, because I have about six of them, G-Shocks, <laughs> which cost between £59 and £99, means that you're confident enough to make your own decision with what you're comfortable with. And that, to me, is cooler than if you said, oh, yeah, I've got a Rolex date just. Like, yeah, cool, great, now what? You know, <laughs> yeah. that, te- that tells me yeah. that actually you've gone and spent money, loads of money on something, which I went to a Rolex event and there were 38 people there wearing the Hulk. The Hulk is one of the rarest watches that, that are there. Out of yeah. 150 people... 38 people were exactly the same watch. Yeah. And is that rare? It's not rare. It's just it's just perception and society's yeah. perception that it is of that Perceived level. rarity. Yeah. yeah. Microbrands rock, I'm telling you. If you've got the confidence to buy a microbrand, then you rock. If you've got a confidence to buy a Dacia Duster instead of a Volkswagen Tiguan, 
that yep. you rock because you got that confidence to buy a cool car because the, du- the Duster is a cool car because it works. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, it just works. The, the Tiguan, I mean, it's a nice car and all the way, it's just off the top of my head sort of thing or, you know, or a Renault off-road thing. The Renault will break. Well, actually, no, it's Renault, it's Dust Dassier. <laughs> yes, it is. But the point is, you're not buying the label. You're not buying the label. No, you're no, that's the, it. The utility, and that's what G-Shocks are, so it's cool. It's yeah. really cool. Right, I am going to cut us off from watches because we are here to talk about yeah. what three cars we would have in our garages. Excellent, cool. Um, so for this episode, I was going to say this week's episode, but that's slightly misleading because it's been a few yeah. weeks. Um, we are going to pick three cars with a budget of £100,000. Yep. The caveat to it all is they have to be brand new cars. Brand new. Okay, cool. And I think just because I like mixing it up halfway through the episode, you can't have same brands. You have to pick three different brands. Right. (laughs) James R. Ford, you were going to pick three Defenders, weren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Not now, no. No, no. no. <laughs> Actually, what they they call different names. Like you can have the urban, the yeah, um, yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. what they call them now, but you know, yeah, there's three different cars there. Effectively, I, apparently, I don't mind. Anyway. You'd get it's three for a hundred grand, though. No, <laughs> well, no, they're forty-five grand. Well, you get two. You'll get, you get two. two. Yeah, I've got, I've got yeah. some mates. Don't worry, I've got some contacts. The <laughs> 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 so free ones count. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> James, I think. I think I'd like you to go first. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So I've gone for my usual platform whenever I do these things. So I've got three different functions to three different cars. So I've got the one I'd use every day, the one I'd use at weekends, a bit of fun, and then the one I'd use on the rare occasion, the sun's out and the roads are dry. So I'll start off with the very boring everyday one. Now, because I can't use the same brand twice now, it's just been thrown out there, <laughs> I've um, changed my mind a little bit. But that's good because the car I've chosen now is a little bit cheaper. Obviously, as a fellow dog owner, I like estates. Yep. That and as a complete anorak who just likes estates. So I've picked a brand new Skoda Octavia VRS. Great oh, choice. Lovely estate. car. Yeah. Because, because it's not a Passat or an A4. And for that reason alone, it's better. Yes. Don't, and they're cool. <laughs> they're very cool. Don't they do a um, all-wheel drive version of it? Yeah, I think the superbs. Oh no, they they yeah they oh. do an all-wheel drive diesel, I believe. Oh. I think I think the petrol is um is just front-wheel drive, sure, and a bit more powerful. But I could be I could be wrong. I probably am. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, so it's you know, two hundred and fifty odd brake horsepower, yeah. DSG gearbox, loads of room in the back, and because it's an estate, I can get it muddy and not really care and wash it once yes. every six months. Yes. Which is how I treat my current estate car, which hasn't been washed for about six months. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's a great choice, actually. I think that's a... It's one, yeah. of those, it's one of those cars that whenever someone says to me, I've had some friends do this recently, where they've, they've just had a, a small baby, and well, a regular-sized baby, I guess, and um, they wanted to change up to an estate car, and all they could say was they had to get an Audi A4 estate. And I kept asking them, why do you have to get an Audi A4 estate? Because it's the best, it's the best one you can get in its class. I was like, well, it isn't. It's just probably the most expensive one in its class. But as we all know, the most expensive doesn't always equal the best. No. And no. yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's down to what you want and what you like. But for me, if 
I'd always go for the ones that feel better to drive, have a little personality. Like you were saying earlier about the, the whole Lexus thing, the person who buys a Lexus has you know, more confidence because he can say, I bought this instead of that because yes. I think it's a better car. And I personally, I love the styling of the new Octavia. I think it looks really aggressive. Yes. And then inside, you've just got, you know, it's no different to any other Volkswagen group car. It's very similar to a Passat inside. I think it's a bit nice. It's a bit more ergonomic. And like I said, it's it's a car that's designed to be used. Spending all this money on really nice luxury estate cars just seems a bit counterintuitive to me because you're going to, you know, you're going to put muddy wellies in the back. You're going to chuck the dog in the back after it's jumped in a river and all stuff like that. And you're permanently worried, oh, no, I don't want to damage my leather seats. I don't want to do this, that, and the other. Well, <laughs> then don't, then don't have that car and don't have a dog. Don't have kids. No. If you, don't, if you start the mess, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a very, very valid argument. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely. And I, I rate the VR5 um, massively, actually. I think it's a really cool looking car, especially in that lovely flat grey colour they do. I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. I think it's yeah. a real underdog. And because, say, it's got 250 brake, it's quite a sleeper. So people don't expect it to be fast. And it's a quick. Yeah. But it's also great value. I mean, they come in now at like 27000 for a brand new one. Really? Does, that's so much car for the money. Does yeah. the newest one have the uh, the split-up headlights? Yes. Because I, I absolutely love the look of those. Yeah. Crikey, you can get a Polo for £26,000. How's that for twenty seven? I know. It's bizarre. Wow. It's literally twice the car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, great, great choice, great choice. I'm, I'm just doing maths. Shami, do you want to for the record for the world's longest podcast here? Oh, uh, yeah, could well be, could well be. Shami, do you want to give us your first choice while I um work out how to make three cars fit under a hundred grand? <laughs> okay. Um, my first choice, or the first one that springs to mind, is actually I put my money where my mouth is and I bought it. One of my favourite things, and it always has been since since I was younger, uh, I love hot hatches. I love the idea of feeling like you're breaking the speed limit, but actually not breaking the speed limit. You know, <laughs> uh, cornering when you feel like you're doing 90, but actually you're only really doing 28 miles an hour, but it feels great. <laughs> uh, and I bought recently an Up GTI. Oh, wow. Amazing I, choice. Brilliant I choice. Have, absolutely love it i'm 49 and when you get to a certain age you want to feel younger again this thing makes me feel like an 18 year old hooligan now the only thing i have done to it which is non-standard is i listen to a few um youtube videos and various other things i put a miltech straight through exhaust on it do i look like a hooligan yeah i sound like a hooligan And uh, general run-of-the-mill company car, <laughs> two-litre diesel uh, cars on the motorway are humiliated by this thing when it pulls away because <laughs> the torque levels are insane. And it's 997cc in three-cylinder. And um, I've taken it on to Castle Coombe and down one of the straights have hit 124 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I know. And... Uh, although the, the suspension hasn't been modified or anything like that, it and it, it handles adequately, so it, it has a bit of play. Because if you had, if it was flat, it'd be bouncing all the time. And I use yeah. it for my London trips, and I use it for, you know, all my general sort of within fifty mile an hour, fifty mile trips around from where the office is. And I don't want to be crashing around potholes and everything, so I haven't played with the suspension. But honestly, 
I've taken uh, race drivers in it. I've taken, you know, some pretty high profile people who get to drive some amazing stuff and they will get out of the car and thinking, what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> and, uh, and that to me, the fun factor is one ton, you know, and 100 horsepower. This is 950 kilos and 133 horsepower, 135. Brilliant. So, you know, the fun factor is uh, is up there with the best things I've ever driven. Man. So, uh, yeah, that that would be my first car. That's the one that springs to mind. But I put my money Excellent. where my mouth is and I bought that. And it cost that is a strong 000. choice. It cost me 13,500 quid. Wow. Absolute so, bargain it. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm a huge fan of these new three-cylinder turbo engines. Yeah. Um, I haven't driven a bad one yet. I mean, my partner's just bought, it's not quite the same caliber. She's bought a Fiat 500X with a one litre turbo in, and it's brilliant. It's even in a car like that, that's probably a bit heavier, quite a bit taller. It drives perfectly. Um, a few weeks ago, I drove the brand new Focus with the same engine in, in a car that, you know, size of a Golf. You think, yeah. oh, it's quite a small engine for a car that size. But I mean, that was 125 brake, and it was absolutely fine. I, I think they're great, wow. and they're really, they're really good fun, those engines too, because you can really ring their necks, can't you? Yeah, you and have can, a great and the laugh. sound is amazing. Yeah. You know, they always say the engineers that I've spoken to about it, three-cylinder, six, three six-cylinder, and 12-cylinder engines always sound mega. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the three, did you say three, six? Yes, yeah, three, six, yeah. and 12. Uh, you know, they, they sound fantastic. So um, I, I'm in love with that car. And it's Amazing. a car that even my wife has said, you're not selling. <laughs> 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 we all love it. We all love it. Funnily enough, um, a previous guest of ours, Mr. Ollie Hulm from uh, uh, Le Mans Coupés, has just bought a Twingo GT, oh, no. uh, which is another another small capacity three-cylinder turbo. I think we should have some kind of uh, three-car garage guest race. <laughs> yes. On, I think. Brilliant. Yeah. The, the super mini you know, uh, race off, see who can win because they're, they're they're both great little cars. But no, that's that's yeah. a really cool choice and a really fun yeah. car as well. That, that, oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. I love the proportions. I love I love the the size of the, the wheels. You know everything about it. It's not the best looking car in the world, but I just love it. It it's functional. It's a bit like your Skoda choice. It's functional. It does exactly what it should do, and it makes you howl with laughter. And that's enough. I, that's enough. I've had to completely re- redo all of mine. Are you, are you on like two hundred and fifty grand? Uh, <laughs> I, my first car was going to be seventy five grand, and I just <laughs> I just can't get the maths into. <laughs> Without You're buying talking something to a couple French. of cheap dates here, you know. You know, mm. <laughs> I've still got fifty grand left after all my three cars. I, I just, I can't do it without getting a Twizy. That's I mean, the only I, thing I can find for uh, under what? six grand. Please Ren- don't, don't get a Twizy. Oh. The Renault Twizy. <laughs> I can't do it on principle because I've spent every other episode of this podcast slagging off all French cars. Right. So I think, like, with I, I can't be a hypocrite and then have to fall back on the Twizy. So I'm going to have to sack off having a GTR. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, no, they're more than that now, aren't they, surely? I thought, I thought they were six figures. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think this is the newest GTR, but it is a new GTR. It was... Uh, okay. uh, I mean, it was... Are you, are you, are you, are you um, stretching the limits? No. <laughs> the track no, no, no. limits of this, this episode? Genuinely, I, I <laughs> would, would happily post a link to it. I mean... It's, uh, Oh god, I'm not even sure I can find it now. But it it, it was seventy. It exist. It does exist. <laughs> oh, you're mean. Um, it, it, it was seventy nine thousand nine hundred and eighty five, and I just couldn't make twenty grand work for the other two cars. No. 
I mean, so, you get like a mobility scooter and uh, I actually a, found one liter um, s- a standard Fiesta. I found um, a car that I'm going to use as my first choice, actually, um, which is an Abarth Abarth 500 595 E6D 595 1.4 T Jet 145 horsepower three door. Just rolls that off the tongue. Like an airplane. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's a Fiat 500 with a bit of a body kit and I presume an exhaust. Because have I think you ever driven one though? Right. They, they, I, I know they have quite a, um, a distinct <laughs> ride to them. Yeah. No, it's not that. I tell you, I tell you what. I, I was led one, and although they look fantastic. You feel like you're sitting on top of the car rather than inside the yes. car. Yes, they're very they high have, up. So my my other half had one. The torque steer is almost um, comical because the steering is just doing something that you didn't want it to do. Because when, you, <laughs> when you're accelerating, you think, you know, I want to go that way, but the steering wheel takes you the other way. So you're fighting the car the whole time. So um, they're wonderful cars to look at, but I came away thinking they were overcomplicated. But that's obviously my choice. And this oh, is, yeah. this is about they your do, choice. They, they do sound quite fruity, though. I, yes. Which yes. is nice. I have yeah. the, you know, the, the teenager in us all. Yeah, yeah, we need fruity. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had the truly fortunate or unfortunate experience of being driven through some quite rough Irish country roads in a Biposto Fiat 500. Wow. And that's a that's a proper machine that one, isn't it? Oh, it's an absolute like country road weapon. Yeah, but you do really get a feel for the fact they've just done away with the suspension and replaced it with scaff poles. It's right, absolutely rock solid. Yeah, and you've got a bucket seat and harnesses, no aircon, no radio. Wow. So you're literally strapped into this wheelbarrow of a car. And um, the, the the driver wasn't um, he he wasn't careful with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's just sent it down these roads. And in in fairness to the little car and to Collins' driving ability, um, it went like an absolute rocket. Um, but it was not the most comfortable driving. Is, experience. is that is that a track focused car then? The Biposto? Massively, it... yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's, it's right. Biposto is obviously Italian for two seater, yeah, um, sure. and it's all roll cage on the back. Wow! Um, so it's is was that a is that a Fiat made product or is it something that's aftermarket or what? Um, it's it's uh, it's it's a bath. So it is made by them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I. Okay. Yeah. So am I, oh, am I right in saying that they were at forty five thousand? I yeah, I think they're they're rich. they're. A, they're a pricey private school girl's first car, definitely. Yes, yeah, oh. for sure. <laughs> um, Funny well, I, I shouldn't say anything because my other half had one, but not the Biposto, obviously. I shouldn't say anything because I bought my daughter one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, not a Biposto. No, same here. <laughs> By all means, I, I, I would buy my daughter a Fiat 500 if I had a daughter. Um, I probably wouldn't buy her a Biposto, though. It's no. not the most graceful thing to get in and out of no um obviously bucket seats are challenging for a man of my girth as it is mm. um if you're then wearing a skirt and trying to get in and out of it yeah I, no yeah. not a good look no you'd look no. rubbish in a skirt i don't know shammy i i've always been told <laughs> i have quite fetching legs you should have changed that of the skirt and put some trousers on 
<laughs> I, uh, maybe that's where I went wrong, to be it's honest. It's that summer breeze, isn't it? It's like <laughs> maybe like, that's why Colin was driving so fast to get you out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, there is a solid chance that that is what was happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so um, I have had to hack off my second two choices. So I'm going to be doing some research into that. Well, uh, well, Shami, you give us your second choice. My second choice. So I spent 13 and a half grand, right? So I've got, what's that, 87 and a half no, left? Loads of money left. I got, yeah. So no, not 86, 86 and a half grand left. Right? You could get a GTR and a Twizy, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what I can get, actually. actually uh, my second car, and again, I think I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I love the idea of an entry-level Carrera 911. Oh, okay. Right. Fantastic. Everyone talks about you know, and I'm lucky enough to have um, a nice 911. But everyone talks about GT3s, GT3 RS, Turbo S's, 4S, Targas, all lovely cars. Love them all, right? But I think there's something very endearing and something very retro about having an entry level uh, poverty spec, literally just just paint and that's it. Uh, spec uh, 911. I don't think you'll uh, get one. Will you? You will. They've just launched one, actually. It's the entry-level Carrera. I say it's only got 375 horsepower, but that to me is already... <laughs> no, that's, that's plenty enough. for most people. That's plenty. And you can get a good one, um, and I mean, with no spec or anything, but, you know, with, with Porsche, you, if you ever want to sell it again, you're going to have to put something on it. Sure. If, which if is a real shame. Which is a shame, actually, because, you know, uh, putting spec on a Porsche is, is the price of the third car that I wanted. But actually, it's more <laughs> expensive than my up. So, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a shame that you have to put so much on. But in the, for, the, for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of how I feel about it, uh, the entry level career at around 80,000, um, yeah. I think is absolutely spot on. I think it, it doesn't need the big wheels. It doesn't need the... You know the ten cows on the inside of it. It doesn't need the upgraded headlights because they come. They come with LEDs anyway. Well, what else do you need? Could you imagine yeah. if it came with canvas seats? Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, you can. You can. <laughs> oh, really? Black plastic bumpers. Oh, mint. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that guy on? Was it? I Twitter did. Yeah. yeah. Who made everything the L spec instead of the GLX <laughs> spec? <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really cool. Yeah. But even. You know, I, I just think there's something endearing about it. You know, just solid white or a solid navy blue. Mm. And then you just have whatever interior they give you. And I think it's a leatherette interior or whatever it is. And it's Pleather, just it? a 911. Yeah. Look at 1970s 911s. They were say. just 911s. They didn't have yep. all that faff. You know, like extras like lane control. If you don't know what bloody lane you're in, you should not be driving. <laughs> Especially right? not a 911. It, yeah, exactly. It's a, you know, extras like that. You're just thinking, well, what? Why do you need that? You know? Yeah. Why do you need to be um, warned that you're falling asleep? You bloody, you're nuts. You shouldn't be behind the car if you need stuff like that. So it's... to me, uh, an entry level, ideally silver in my mind, with a black interior. It doesn't matter whether it's leather or whatever it is. Just entry level 911. And they cost 80000 And I think that's all you need. And it's a 911. That's it. I mean, to me, I, mean, I, think, I think everyone in their life, and I would say this, but, but everyone <laughs> needs to have a 911. I, you're you're marginally biased. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Porsches. Because you're wrong. Oh, 
Am oh, I? No. <laughs> Am I? You're not. A, you're not a fan at all. Uh, I just. I don't know why. I just. Well, that's all right. That's cool. I, I've never driven one. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's in my defence because I, I I I'm not I'm just not a huge fan of the styling of them. I've never driven one, and I'm super open to my mind being changed. So no, Porsche... I, tell, I tell you what, I tell you what though, because there, there's firmly a lot of like for instance, I have an argument with a guy on Twitter. It's hilarious. He loves Jaguars, and he keeps saying, "Why do you love those Beatles?" And it's it's all very amicable. It's very funny, and until you get under the skin of how easy it is to live with a 911. Or, or any Porsche, it doesn't matter. I had a Cayman before, I absolutely fell in love with that. Yeah. You can get in that car, go to Tesco's, do what you have to, put the dogs in the back, do what you have to. And then Porsche Club invites you to Castle Coupe and t- tell you how to drive it properly, and you're driving a supercar. Yeah. So that yeah, to yeah. Me, and the fact that you can start, I had a, an 82 911. You know, you could start it up every single morning, doesn't matter what time of year it was, and you could take it out for a drive. It felt, you know, you felt in touch with it. And then you put it back in the garage, and people look at you and think, you know, unfortunately, the old Porsches have become expensive, and I hate the fact that they've become expensive because they're not worth the money. No, they are sure. Just, they it's, are a, just it's just a buyer's market now, isn't it? Unfortunately, it, it has become yeah. a buyer's market, thank God, whereas before it was a seller's market. But, but now uh, the prices have softened and all the rest of it. But old Porsches shouldn't be worth what they're, what they're charging now. And old 911 shouldn't be worth more than 15 grand. And if you look at the sum of all its parts, and you look at the parts and you think, well, why am I paying so much money for this car? Um, yeah. but, but unfortunately, that's what the market's done. But once you get your skin onto, into a, a Porsche, you, you tend to look at other brands and look and see their compromises. You know, so... Um, I would have an entry-level 911 Carrera at 80,000. So, definitely, 100%. Okay. I think yeah. that's a very strong, and I will totally agree with you on that choice. Yes. As a 911 <laughs> fan myself and a man oh, who's driven... The, I've, I've driven the new ones, and um, you, you're totally right. I've driven, say, the last few generations I've tested and written about and all sorts, and I've loved every single one. Yeah. But the, as they progress and get newer and newer, they do become more complicated. And as great as that is for advances and everything else and it's wonderful how fast they can make them and how amazing they can make the interiors the thing that for me has always made the porsche more desirable than a similarly priced say audi r8 is the feel you get from driving it i don't really care about all the other gadgets i don't want when i'm in a car driving like that i want to be in the moment with the car not amazed at the dab radio and it's seventeen thousand pounds stereo and stuff like that and the 911 is the purest of those that's left however it is suffering a bit with say over complication and i think the entry level one is a is much needed because it'll give the purest something to get back into and enjoy like the last generation not the one before that sorry the 997 carrera rear wheel drive manual gearbox very simple interior fantastic fun to drive so much more fun than the four-wheel drive versions yeah um, and it's yeah. just that back to basics that reminds you of why we love driving and why you'd love driving a 911 yes yeah exactly so, yeah. and why the 911 became such a a utilitarian because ferraris you can't own a ferrari without well actually you you can own a ferrari but you can't use it every day and i've had a couple <laughs> of them new and, and they're so that you know there's too much theater about them which some people love but i i don't and, you know, if I want to go to the shops and I happen to want to go into a car which via the country lanes, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't choose a Ferrari. So I, I don't like Ferraris. 
at all, and I think they're getting uglier and uglier. The newer ones are just it's just almost like they're just having a a challenge to see who can design the most ugliest cars. <laughs> it's it's, it's all it's all the wrong way. It's all become a spreadsheet exercise. They've got such stiff competition with the likes of McLaren, who are building yeah. these incredibly fast cars. They just can't compete with. Yeah. So they they're losing their you know the days of the man with the pencil moustache and the hand-drawn body are now all done in wind tunnels or spreadsheets to make it as fast as possible. As and that's fast, not yeah, what it's exactly. about. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not a fan of the new... I mean, I, I grew up adoring Ferraris. I wanted one from a young age. Um, we were lucky enough to have one in the family um, when I was growing up. And I, I lived with me for six months a couple of years ago. But I had the same problem with regards to the kind of the the atmosphere around it. You can't live with it every day. You can't just jump in it and pop to the shops because no. you need to let it warm up properly. You need to run it in. You're gonna get <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get abuse from the neighbours. You need to early wake everyone up. I mean, the amount of abuse I received on a daily basis from driving it was unbelievable. And that was just from my other half before I left the house. <laughs> uh, whereas the the Porsche is a, a wonderful car, and people who know them respect them and know how good they are. But Nine times out of ten, you can drive it down a busy high street, and you're not going to get called a proverbial. You know, you can just no, no one looks at you in them. No, yeah, nobody looks at you. But on the other speak, hand, perfect. You, the only problem is put a big wing on the back of a 911, and everybody hates you. Yeah, but I mean that's what uh, Instagram that, fame's for, though, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone hates you when you're driving one with the wing on the back. You just see no one gets out of your way or anything. It's so the exactly. entry level, I think, is is um. I, I well, I'm gonna put. I'm picking up a 992s tomorrow from Porsche Reading. They're giving me one for the day, oh, and I've got meetings You'll up in Wellington tomorrow to to try it out. But um, again, I think I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and buy the entry level and and have it in poverty spec, and run it for fifty thousand miles for a few years. And um and and I think I'm gonna enjoy that. I'm Please enjoy spec it. it with steel wheels. Oh. <laughs> Black bumpers on a white car. Yeah, it's got to be like black, unpainted ABS. In fact, textured ABS plastic. Yes. One of those baby on board stickers on the rear window. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tow bar. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> a little stuff on the front corner of the front bumper just to give it some character, you know. <laughs> yeah. Porsche will charge you extra for that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's weight saving, that's why, you know. Yeah. <laughs> The urban spec, ten grand extra, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, where do we get to? Um, James, I'll jump in yes. my second. One. So I've, I'm going down the hot hatch route for this one because, well, why not? And I figured, well, we're talking about three-cylinder turbocharged engines being amazing and how awesome they are. I've gone for the Ford Fiesta ST, the new one, oh, the one point five liter. Love the look okay. of that. I would have liked to focus, but they're a bit too pricey. Uh, the Fiestas, I think, start at about 20 grand, 8, 19 or so grand for a, a fairly simple spec one. But it's just, yeah. it's what the old hot hatches used to be before they got big and fat and heavy and are now hot, hot sure. mid-sizes. Yeah. And I think, I think Ford are doing a really good job at the moment. I mean, there's a lot of, you know... Rick gives me a lot of stick about my Mondeo, and everyone else does. And rightly so. Stick about it. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mondeos are cool. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to make this stick for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I keep bumping the price up on Auto Trader under the impression that yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a future classic. But um, <laughs> but no. Um, but yeah, the the I think Ford are doing a really good job, kind of re- reminding everyone that driving is actually fun, and it's not just about Apple CarPlay and lane guidance. They've got all that stuff in there as well, but they've made a really good old school driver's car that yes. 
you can live with every day. You can drive it to work every day. You can hit the motorways and set your cruise to 71 miles an hour and not have any problems. But you can also go on a back road on a Sunday afternoon and just have an absolute blast with it. You can take it to a local track and again, just, you know, cock that rear leg up on a tight corner and stuff like that and just have an amazing time. And like you were saying about the uh, the up, you know, if you, you, you haven't got to go a million miles an hour, but it feels like it because you're in this small little box of power and fury and they, they sound yeah. awesome as well. Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds right. Yeah, and I think it's uh, a. And they look good as well. Actually, they look bloody good. I think, they look, I think the last two generations have looked awesome. I think they've done a cracking job with it, and they've say they've kind of revived that proper hot hatch era from you know the early days. And I think I think they're great. Hence why I've put one on my list. That sounds very good. Very good. Yeah. So how much are you up to now? Uh, that is what thirty. I've got fifty grand left. Oh wow, fifty grand! I'm so I'm going out with the bang. I'm desperately on auto trade looking for new cars for the amount of money. I've already got it in the back of my mind. Jamie's going to have a twizzy. I like how the last was like a six no, grand. Not going, I, I am not doing a twizzy. Never. <laughs> I'd rather get a bike. <laughs> No, I'm definitely not doing a twizzy, but I, I do I do know what I want for the last bit of pension. Just, just try and left. break the rules a bit and I use your last, your final amount as the deposit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I think on my mind I spent 93 and a half so far. I, you're, oh, you might just get a uh, Datsia. Yeah. Funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I that, was going to say the Duster. <laughs> the Duster's a good car. I, I mean, actually quite like the fact we went to morocco um i think it was last year and uh a lot of the taxis there were dacia dusters and they were dirty and they were battered and you could shove your luggage in the back there was enough space the seats were solid the drive was solid the engine pulled like a train and uh gear chain was like the gear chain i didn't drive it but i mean it was a taxi but it just felt like you know what somebody in africa said we need car and somebody's turned out and said, here's car, last forever. That, to me, is total function. And oh, I yeah. love that. I actually wanted to choose a Fiat Panda, but I didn't realize that the list price on a Panda is £10,000 now. Yeah. I, I, I love the Fiat Panda. And actually, if I had that extra three, three, two and a half grand, I would have gone for the Panda. But I love form and function. I hate faff. Yes. So a lot of a lot of the Korean cars at the moment, they've got so much faff going on around them that you don't even know whether what they are, whether they're white goods, TVs, or or or, <laughs> or cars. You don't know what they are anymore. Whereas the Italians, it's definitely. So my favourite small cars are always small Fiats. I think they're fantastic. Fiat are the best small car makers in the world. Full stop. Renault have tried it with the Clio and various other things that they make, but they're they're very they fall apart after two, three years of junk. Sure. Fiat, you could you could drive a ragged, and I had a 2007 Panda for God knows how long. I fell in love with it. It was a 100 horsepower one, you know, and oh, it cost me 1,500 quid. I drove down to Devon to go and pick it up. Uh, wife thought I'd lost the plot driving down to Devon to go and pick up a 1,500 <laughs> quid car, but I drove it back and I felt alive, and I sold it a couple of, about a year, 18 months later for 2,000 something pounds, so, you know, it was a good investment as well. So I wanted to choose another Panda, but I'm two and a half grand short. But the Dacia Duster does a very similar job. It, you know, it's the shortest sentence ever. Have car, need it to last forever. Here you go. Yeah. 
that that to me is form and function, much like the entry level Carrera we were talking about. Yeah. The form and function of you want a sports car, you want it to be an everyday sports car. There it is. You know, um, the up GTI is a, a little bit of faff because well, actually probably not for thirteen and a half. You I probably can't get say, yeah. for that kind of price. So it, it doesn't have it. And I think the Dacia does exactly the same. If I had two and a half grand more, it would have been the Fiat Panda. But otherwise, you know, the Dacia. I think pe- people. People laugh at these kind of brands because they don't understand it and it irritates them because they don't understand it and they get angry with these brands because they don't understand it. But the minute car guys understand it and us three and hopefully people you're listening to this, we understand the form and function of it. Much like you said, the the Skoda estate, form and function. Yeah, it has has a purpose. It does a a job. It does it as as well as a Golf R estate or, or... I mean... That's pretty much how I market more... myself. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. I have, I, I have a job. more angry than, a, than an Evo convertible, does it? No, that's oh. it. Oh. <laughs> Nothing makes us more angry because we're car people. We understand it. Yeah. yeah. So, and if you understand form and function and, and uh, enjoyment, then, then that's really all you need, isn't it? That's well, nothing, nothing makes me more angry than the current, like the sheer range of Mercedes Benz, Audis, and BMWs you can buy oh, now. Damn. I used I, to love Mercedes. I, just, I used to love them. Same here. Yeah. I, I, I've had a few. I used to absolutely my favourite brand for years. But now you walk in there, and I have no idea what half of them are. No, no. I actually don't even think the salesmen know what half of them are. No. You know, you sort of ask them a question, and they're sort of scratching their heads because they've been pulled in from another dealership, and because yeah. they're getting busier and busier. And these guys haven't got a clue. So. Um, and, and I know that because I went in to have a look at one and the guy didn't have a clue about the car. Um, and even he was, I asked him to look at an E-class estate, he's showing me a C-class. And I said, dude, that's a C. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's not a great start, is it? That's <laughs> no, not a great start, no. And even I can't tell the difference. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm a car guy. I can't yeah. tell the difference between them anymore. It is, balloons. It, is, um, it is getting silly. I noticed... I'm sure it was last week I was talking with a colleague of mine because uh, BMW are about to do a two series four door. I saw that. God. Oh, God, it's hideous. The whole point of the two series was it was the replacement for the one series coupe. No, let me stop you in your tracks, right? Yeah. So we're on the age where if I said to you 1986 M635 CSI, right, we'd all go, whoa. Oh, I'd say he wasn't oh. born yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I was three. But I, I, I know the car, don't worry. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, okay, here, I'm going to indulge you a little bit. You know, Dolphin Grey, lovely leather, M635 CSI with cross-spoke BBS alloys. Batmobile. You know, that's like porn. If you look yeah. at the six series they're making now, it's the bloated, fat... Far East focused six series, and you can buy it a 620D now GT. It's not even a coupe anymore. It's a five double. It, it, it looks like a Beluga aeroplane they've just made. Sorry, sorry, go a 620D. You can buy a 620 diesel GT, which is the like a five double. Yeah, yeah, the Grand Touring thing. The Grand yeah. Touring thing. It, it's not even the Grand Coupe, which looks half decent anymore. It's the Grand Touring. So if you Google it, you can buy it with 15-inch wheels. So it looks even more idiotic. Oh <laughs> it's just 
I saw one on the motorway the other day and I just I wanted to cry because the six series was one of the, my most favorite cars ever. And uh, they've now transformed it into this beluga whale looking, you know, consumer transport. That's all it is. There's nothing. Right. It's absolutely no personality I feel, whatsoever. I feel like someone in, in the marketing department at BMW, like, put all of their models into a spreadsheet and then they were like, huh, we've got gaps. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just fill in all the gaps with like the stuff that's missing. No, so, you, you, you're, you're, that's too much credit. They're all smoking something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all on something. They're all smoking something. Something's become <laughs> legal in in the design department yeah. in Germany. I don't know what it is, but it ain't working. Oh, good lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, there you go. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I think they've lost <laughs> lost the plot, BMW. I think they have lost the plot. Well, I think I think a lot of them have, but we could probably um, fill a whole separate podcast. I think just moaning about the state <laughs> yeah, of the current yeah. car market. Yeah. No, I've done my <laughs> three cars. Be guys, I think Rick, you haven't chosen. Yeah, Rick, Rick's two behind. So come on, Rick. Am I, am I get, your cal- get your calculator oh out. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so my next one is a. Oh, people are going to judge me for this, but it's the only way I can make my last one work. Uh, a Mazda MX-5 RF, two liters. No, you chosen a cool car. Love yep. it. Love it. Um, last year. I, Love I it. couldn't find a proper ragtop one, unfortunately, because the ragtop's a little bit lighter. Um, I but, really like the styling of the RF. Having said that, I do really like the styling of the RF. Um, I like the kind of buttressed rear it has. The, the, uh, I'm not sure if they are really buttresses, but it um, it's cool. It's a clever little roof as well. It is like a clever it. little I roof. Like I prefer um, the clean lines of the convertible, actually, but I I do love the MX-5. Again, it's very functional. It, it is. exactly what it should be yep. doing. There's no faff about it. you know. So I think the purity of that design, especially if you get it in the Mazda Red, perfect. Oh, yeah. tell a lie. Oh, I'm sorry, I've just found a convertible one below it for... 70 quid more so it's still within my budget all right um, yeah so I'm, I'm gonna go for that and it's in master red uh, so yeah that will be my second car and i do you know what i i would kind of own one as well i would i, I wow. think I, i've owned an mx5 <laughs> and i loved it yep same here yeah. absolutely loved it i'd have another one tomorrow yeah I'd, yeah i don't i'd own an mx5 almost just to track it you know i'd probably spend a bit of money on it um but yeah, or you know, if Mazda, if you're listening, fix us up with an MX5. Yeah, you could have <laughs> them in this post. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'd, and the current generation's actually not a bad looking car either. I so, think their design and all their cars, their saloons, I sorry, their hatchbacks, the yeah. range, I think they all look fantastic. They, they do stand out. They're, They're giving really the Germans a big run for their money. Oh, right? they really are. Yeah. 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 I and think they're fantastic looking cars at the moment. Really, really nice. There's there's a lot of rumour circulating at the moment. I think they've just filed a patent for something different on a on a rotary engine. Have oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. Although although the, the guy in charge adamantly denied them doing another RX car, there uh it may happen, you know. There's not enough oil in the world to keep Quite. Them in the roads. <laughs> <No. laughs> Or enough jokes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is true. About the name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
That's a yeah. very unfortunate name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Poor Mister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It. It. Can you imagine Good. saying it in an Oriental accent though? It's oh. even more hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I'm not sure whether. No. I just Google it. Google the inventor of the of the rotary engine and yes. um, have have a juvenile chuckle. Little dude. chuckle. Yeah. Say yeah. it in an Oriental accent. It's even <laughs> 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 Sorry. Anyway. Excuse me. But no, those new X five is brilliant. Can't go wrong with it. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Porsche Boxster driving for half the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably even better than the Porsche Boxster. Actually. Cheaper servicing, cheaper tires. Yeah, and the new yeah. ones are fast. Well, not fast; they're quick. Should I say? Yeah. Well, so, I think the handling is 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 where it's at, and that's what makes yeah. you feel like you're doing what, what you're doing. But sure. no, they excellent cars. Great choice. Fantastic choice. There's there's nothing else in the market at the same price that can compete, in my opinion. Uh, for for all round fun, I don't and think good, there's anything good else driving. in the market full stop actually. Because Lotus used to be there or thereabouts, but now they sort of doubled or tripled in in list yeah, price. Yeah. So that's so, silly um, money now, yeah. Yeah, silly money. So um, yeah, good choice. Yeah, I think the only thing close is possibly the BRZ or the GT86. I've yeah, I mean, one. I do like the idea of that car. I've never driven one though. There. Yeah. They're well. Yeah, I say I've, I have one last. Was it last year, year before? And yeah, their 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 target was to try and take some of that Mazda MX-5 market share. And yeah. from driving both, they're you know I drove the BRZ, not the GT86, and it was a cracking car. I loved it. I thought it was great fun, underpowered, but didn't really matter. You had a lot of fun with it anyway. Yeah, um, but it wasn't the same as an MX-5. The wheelbase is longer. It felt longer. Mm. It just didn't have that same agile, like you could, you know, turn it on a dime style feeling to it. But it, you know, it's not to say it's not any worse. But the MX-5 is a very unique feeling. You could drive a 25-year-old Mark One MX-5 or a 2019, you know, brand new one, and you'll have the same smile on your face on a track. Sure, yes. guaranteed. Sure, sure. Not, not even on a track, just on the on the B road. That's yeah. what you need it, or you know, a small A road or whatever. But you know, it's it's that it's that fun factor because we can't drive fast anymore. Today, I, I, I've got in the post. I went to France. I got two speeding fines in France in, in the space of two days. You know, oh I've my got god! A like hundred and something euro. You just can't drive. And I was doing four miles an hour too fast on one of them. The other one was seven miles an hour too fast. So. You know, the fact is the fact that it's got a, a small engine and you can have fun on the B roads, it's all yeah. you need. Anything more than that, you can't drive fast anymore. No, like this these, is true. What do they call smart motorways? Yeah, mm. you can't do anything on those anymore, you know. Did, so, did you see the uh, the report that was released earlier this year that said since they've installed that, there's been more accidents? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, okay, that's sort of contra to the point of it, but uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm guys. You'll have to excuse me for just two, maybe ten seconds. Bear with me a moment. Oh, I'm not sure I have that much time to spare. Oh, really? Plugging, plugging your phone. <laughs> we run out of SD card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached our bandwidth. Uh, Rick's now paying his broadband top up. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I. I was, I was just getting another beer. Um. <laughs> 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 See, this is why wine is a better choice. It comes in larger bottles. Uh, yeah, so uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, I just did an MX-5. Oh, I'm, I'm really, really worried about your third choice. Not my um, third choice. 
Yeah, because I've, I've got a horrible feeling we're going to pick the same car. I don't think so, because I don't think... I think I know exactly what you've gone for. I again. don't think you do. Is it the same one you always choose every episode? No. Are you sure? Yeah. It's Italian. It, oh, so it doesn't start with the word that rhymes with blord and ends in a word that reminds you of fustang. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh. oh, I know what you've gone for, though. And no, I haven't gone for that. I've gone for a competitor. Have you? Yeah, I've also gone down the route of the Germans um, with a new Cayman. Fantastic. Okay. Best, best car port to make. <laughs> yep, 100%. Well, no. See, I was going to go for the S uh, because I prefer the extra bit of oomph, yeah. but bit out of budget by about eight grand. So I decided to go for the bog spec, two litre turbo, um, new Cayman. Yeah. Manual, no bells or whistles. A bit like your 911 choice, but more to my pitiful budget. Um, <laughs> and go with the standard Cayman because I've, I just, I think they're great. I've driven a few of them. It was a tough toss up between that and the Boxster because I do actually quite like the Boxster. I like its convertible styling. I think it's quite cool. Yeah. Um, but in reality, I'm more of a coupe kind of guy and the Cayman just pips it to the post. Yeah, I, I bought my first Porsche. It was uh, in 2007. It was a Cayman S. Um, I, I came out of a Lotus because I used to love Lotus before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did my back a couple of times. I couldn't drive the one that I had, so I had to get rid of it. And then Porsche said, why don't you come along and drive the Cayman and the uh, Cayman S? And I drove it, and I abs- the handling was just superb. I mean, the maths work, firstly. The physics work on that car. It's a mid-engine the, sports car. The balance so, is spot on. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and... Although I said an entry-level 911, and I need the extra two seats in the back because um, I've got two small dogs. <laughs> but if, if I didn't have that, <coughs> it, w- it would be the Cayman, hands down. Because, And again, a lot of people overlook it because, oh, are you, a, you know, are you a hairdresser or whatever? No, I actually love driving. <coughs> and when I bought my Cayman, again, I had to explain to a lot of people why I didn't buy a 911. You know? um, but it, and it, absolutely fantastic choice. Fantastic choice. I've been a big lover of the Caymans and the Boxsters again since since kind of day dot for both of the models. And yeah. like like you say, a lot of people go, "Oh, it's the hairdresser's Porsche." It's you know, get either you, when you get a Porsche, you get a nine eleven and nothing else. And yeah. my my reply is always, "Have you driven one?" Yeah. And yeah. nine times out of ten, anyone slagging them off has never been near one, let alone actually no. got to drive it. Um, I've done a few track days with Porsche in the Cayman 911, the Boxer a lot, and they're all brilliant. They're all absolutely amazing what they do. But I just found the Cayman and the Boxer were a bit more fun on the the smaller, tighter circuits because yes. you haven't got to go as fast as them. And also you feel a bit more in control as well because you've got that balance yes. of that, that mid-engine yeah. setup. And they're, they're flawless, in my opinion. I think they're just, I, they're just great. Uh, an example, actually, my neighbour um, always sort of walked by me and said, I'm going to buy myself a Porsche. And he kept on looking at my Cayman saying, no, I don't want a Cayman, I want a 911. I said, you need to drive one. Yeah. He, he never wanted a Cayman. So when he went to Porsche to go and buy a 911, he turned up about a week after he went to the Porsche dealership in a Cayman. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, but you've been rubbishing mine for the last four or five years, dreaming of getting one, but not getting a Cayman. And now he's got a Cayman. He said, yeah, but I just drove it and fell in love with it. Yeah, it's amazing, um, isn't it? It is, and, and you, if, if you read my Twitter feed, uh, feed for over the last four or five years, I've <laughs> always said that the Cayman's the best everyday car that Porsche make. It, yeah. it doesn't get the headlines, but it is the best car they make. 
I mean, like you said, I, I would love a 911 one day. It's been on my list of, you know, bucket list of cars for, for many, many years. But in reality, I think for my kind of lifestyle and everything else, the Cayman's probably the closest I'd ever get to it with affordability with regards to servicing and running. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly, you know, who knows what's around the corner. However, at the moment, I'm thinking the Cayman would be the perfect choice. My, my brother's had a couple of boxes over the years, so I got a good idea of the running cost for them. And they're, they're just... They're just but, great but cars. You, but you say that almost as if you're compromising. The Cayman, no, no, no. It's just, it's just a different car. Is a isn't better it? car than the 911. It is, and I've and and I'm saying that from a little bit of experience of owning both. The Cayman as a driver's car is better than the 911. Mm. The 911 has too many uh, electrical electric gadgets in there to make you look better than you are, and to sort out the physics that shouldn't really work in that car. So you well, can feel it. the car sort of adjusting itself. The Cayman doesn't need to do that because the physics work in that car. Yeah, and they I say they're just they're just great. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It sounds simple, but they really are. Um, the only other car I'd be interested in in that price bracket that I haven't <coughs> yet, that I really want to have a go in is the um, Alpine A1. Oh, I had one of those for a week. I'm not um, sure about them yet. I'm not sure about the the back end styling looks a bit funny, and I I think there's a bit too much social media hype that makes me dubious towards yes. how good the car actually is. So they dropped one off to me because one of the the, the group marketing director of Europe or something follows me on on both all, all my social media feeds actually, <laughs> and he said, "Oh, you've got to try one." I said, "No, I don't want one." He goes, "No, you've got to try one," and they dropped it round for a week. Um, the car is, is about the same size as my Lotus Elise Series okay. 2. It's quite right? small. So it feels around you rather than a cavernous, like the Cayman's got a nice sort of bulbous um, sort of roof line, so you don't feel like it's touching the top of your head. This this Alpine was definitely not on that level. Right. The build quality on that car is nowhere near a Porsche. For instance, the central reservation of it where the where the gearbox selectors are, it moves. It, it it doesn't rattle, but it moves. As you put your knee on it, it'll move over. Whereas you've got that lovely, huh. solid, um, almost organic shape in the middle of a Porsche. It looks like nothing's going to move that, and actually, nothing will move it. And that, with your knee, with your knee, you can move the central reservation of the Alpine. And that's so the build the, quality is not there. And that's the thing, isn't it? I could, I'm sure it is a wonderful driver's car in the right situation and everything it's else. Fantastic, yeah. but it's still. The same price as a Cayman, the thing and is, you'd expect the build quality to be of a similar level. But it's as much it's a much smaller batch production car, so you're always going to yeah. have those problems, aren't you? Unfortunately, yeah. And the seatbelts rattle a little bit. And yeah. You can see but the biggest disservice, and this is what this wasn't uh, Renault or Alpine's fault. This is one or two journalists in the beginning because of the price range. They compared it to the Cayman, and you cannot compare that build quality mm. to a Porsche. You just can't do it. However. If you compared it to the Alpha 4C um, and uh, a Lotus Elise, the Alpine kills all of them. It is the best car in that sort of genre. You can't compare it to the to the Cayman. That that's such a disservice. That's that's like comparing your son on a football field to Beckham. You just can't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can kick a ball. It can go in the goal and all the rest of it, and it does exactly the same kind of job. But it's not the same. So if you compare like eggs, you know, oranges with oranges and apples with apples, that journalist who ever made that um, association between the Alpine and the Cayman didn't didn't do any service for either brands, really. Mm. It should have been compared to the Alpha 4C or the Lotus Elise. And then it, it you know what genre it fits into because yeah. then you forgive the, the, 
the, the build quality because it's all about the aluminium chassis and everything else that they've used. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think I think it's got the gearbox is also an issue for me as well. No, actually, funny you should say that, and I don't want to sound like I know it all. No, no, go for it. I mean, I, have, I haven't box, I'm yet to drive one, so the gearbox suits the car beautifully. I I wished it had a manual, but yeah, the gearbox that's... in that car is a is a is is a hoot. Is it, it a double really, clutch on that one? Is it? It's double clutch. Um, it it's just it just works so well. <laughs> it shouldn't work. Like we're having the conversation now, it shouldn't work, but actually it works superbly in that car. Really does. Fantastically, actually. Hmm. So drive one. Yeah, and I mean, if you're listening to this, give them the car, will you? I was going to say, how much have you been thinking about <laughs> over the last few months to try and get one for the website? So uh, fingers crossed we can pull something out of the bag soon. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Alistair Somerville, listen to this, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so have Shami, have you driven a 4C? I've driven one for about five miles and it was okay. Um, I, I came out of a Lotus, um, then I came out of a Cayman S and I thought I'd have a look at a 4C, um, but I, I just knew I couldn't live with it because it, you know, I need a boot. Yeah, first yeah. Minute, it's, so it's want to go away for the weekend. Very compact. It is a tiny, <laughs> tiny little car. Yeah, yeah. But it is. And I think this is still correct, but it's the cheapest carbon tub car you can buy. Yeah, it's which is not going to which is not going to pull you a bird on a Friday night. Oh no, you know I mean? no, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it, nice it'd be cool beer, for something though. nice, but you know, really speaking, though, Rick, if yeah. the handling is rubbish, if if the ergonomics yeah. are compromised, if the usability is got, and the car people or car manufacturers need to realise that the Cayman is where the benchmark is, and they created that to two thousand six. Lotus should have taken that market over and smashed everybody, but they didn't do it. Porsche came along and said, ah, we'll make something, and they killed everything. So everything is against the Cayman now. And um, and I think all these other sort of carbon this and aluminium, that lovely materials and all the rest of it, but is it as good as and livable as a Cayman? And if the answer is no, which generally it is, it's going to be a fa- not a failure, but it's not going to be it's not going to work as well, in my mind, anyway. What um, What's your opinion of the 718 Cayman? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, um, uh, idling speeds, fair enough. Everyone has their um, whatever. Just get a sports exhaust. You can get a, a great aftermarket one for 1500 yeah. quid or maximum 1500 quid. But the actual engine with the torque, um, I think the car looks fantastic. I think mm-hmm. if you find the right color, that lovely black line across the back, you know, I'd have one in a heartbeat. If I, if I could have a reason to have one, I'd have one in a heartbeat. Sure. I, 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 it I definitely. And it's two and a half litre. I definitely prefer the newer generation of yeah. Cayman and Boxster to the yeah. previous one. Yeah. Um, although the previous generations are some absolute bargains to be had. Yeah, I've definitely um, not got about thirty saved at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, no. But you can they're get always on my grand. list. You can get a good one for ten grand. M yeah. threes and Caymans are the cars that I keep looking at over and over and over again. And one day I'm just going to bite the bullet, but yeah. I don't know when. Jess will, she she will. She's she's so used to it now. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, we're car guys. You know what I mean? We we we're car guys. We have to. We have thirty-seven to. Oh, cars in ten years, fourteen years of driving. You know, she's used wow. to it now. Yes, yes. <laughs> that that is quite a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it just means I have to buy dinner or a holiday or 
something like that to make up for it, depending on how big the mistake is. It's, <laughs> a, bit like, it's, it's a bit like carbon offsetting, isn't it? Well, that's yes. it. My, yeah, it is actually. Well, my, flowers. My jag, Buy flowers that offset your carbon. That's <laughs> it. My, my, my Jag XJ cost me dinner and a weekend away, and my MX5 cost me a week in Jamaica. So, uh, <laughs> so who knows what came it'll cost me? Uh, probably a house. <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous but game. I, I won't be in it, unfortunately. <laughs> She'll be with her next partner in it. Mm, yes, yeah. yeah the guy it, who drives a place as well. Diesel Mercedes or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my third choice is a. I've chosen with my heart, not my brain. It's not a Mustang, James. I'm sorry. Disappointed. And this this is this is almost the first. Like we've managed to go a whole episode without picking a Mustang. But at least we still talked about it. We, so we that's, that's the important bit. I mean, Ford are paying me a packet for this. I yeah. mean, um, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have managed to find, and I'm still within budget. I've done the maths. Brick maths or real maths? No, no, genuine maths. Huh? No, I've maths. kept I've, I've kept all the windows open as well, so I can refer back to it. <laughs> um. A Julia Quadrifoglio. Oh, yes. Oh, Rick, yes. I mean, it's... I know it will probably catch fire when it rains. But it will look good when it's... But happening. it will look so good. <laughs> It'll cool down with the rain. That's what the exactly. rain yeah. is yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll be that wonderfully oral moment when it's at full chat and that yeah. engine's making that wonderful noise and there'll be a split second between hitting full chat and it blowing up. Oh yeah, that you're Absolutely. just in. You're just in heaven. Like you yeah. just, <laughs> you are punching satellites out of the sky with the yeah. pistons when it goes. But up until that point, you yeah. just got this massive. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's very emotive. Place. Definitely. Did you, Rick? Did you see on my Instagram that that invite that I got from uh, Alfa Romeo? No, I didn't. When was that? Uh, well, when you when we finish this podcast, do go onto my Instagram and have a look at the invitation they sent me. Uh, they've invited me to come and drive the Quadrifoglio, um, which I love the idea of. Um, and I think it's a fantastic car on paper. Um, a friend of mine bought one. And I'll tell you a funny story. It's very Italian, actually. Um, he bought one. Uh, he went for a drive with six other people through the Stelvio Pass and, you know, all that kind of stuff over a few days. Mm. And they were driving it so hard after a, he'd run it in, obviously, and all the rest of it. Um, that the wiring got heated up by, in the boot by the exhaust getting so hot. Oh, my God. It heated up the wiring that it, that it turned the car off in the middle of nowhere, right? And when an Alfa Romeo me- mechanic turned up about two hours later, he said, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. You just need to wait for the car to cool down, and then it'll start up again. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said, oh, yeah, it's a problem we know. Is why do they stick all that wiring on top of the bloody exhaust in the boot? You know, oh. it's ridiculous. I but love it, it, amazing. It's a known fault, and they said, "Yeah, just just wait for it to cool down." But that's that's, <laughs> that's part of what I love about Alfa Romeo. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm fairly sure their entire design department is smash drunk by the end, <laughs> yeah. and then they spend the rest of the afternoon putting in critical systems. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shit, we need to get a car out by Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, we, we're so close to finishing. We'll just run. We'll just cable tie the, all the cables to the exhaust. It'll be fine. It's exactly that. <laughs> so, 
there was all these nine elevens convoying through these lovely passes and stuff. And this guy who's turned up in his new quadrifolio is sitting on the side of the road while this lovely Italian chap is saying, what do you expect? Yeah, of course it is. You just want to wait for it to cool down. <laughs> Didn't you read the user manual? <laughs> if it just cuts out randomly in the middle yeah. of nowhere, just leave it for an hour. Yeah. But they, they <laughs> I think the design... The whole thing just looks. Like, I, I would love to buy it. if they made an a station wagon version of yeah. that or an estate or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh, it would be every petrolhead's dream. That car would, you know. I mean, that, 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 if if they did if they did a wagon, it would be the replacement for the M5 wagon. Yes, you know, like B, BMW really need to get on that with filling their gaps in there. Yeah, fast wagons currently aren't great for that. No, that's not a great choice. Is the Audis are boring. Yeah, Mercs are good, but again, they're a bit. No, I think they've lost their character. I used to love Mercedes estates. Yeah. I would never buy one again. Yeah, they just haven't got the right. same look. Yeah. The only good fast estate at the moment is the Porsche Panamera. It's the yeah. only one, and it's but then have it's, you seen it's, how much that is? That's it. It's fantastic, yeah. but the yeah. diesel, you know, the one I like, the t- the full fat one, is like 140 grand. Yeah, it's too much money. Way too much money. That's a 911 and a second-hand Volvo. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes, you know, it is. Or my 17, 23 grand Octavia Escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the you'll lose money on those. Yeah, I, oh, no. I, I put on, I put on my Twitter actually today, um, and this is on a different level and a different budget. But uh, Ferrari have offered me a GTC. You know the lovely Escape. Oh yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Beautiful. Such a hundred thousand pounds deposit contribution on a brand new one. Jeez. <laughs> so they're selling well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and I still can't afford it. <laughs> oh, you, could probably, you could probably PCP on about 500 quid a month if you've got the right deposit. <laughs> that's, that's You're going to see loads of 19-year-olds on Instagram now driving around yeah. in those on finance. Oh, no, 100 grand that's, deposit uh, contribution. Ridiculous, gosh, isn't it? That's mad. Can you imagine how much more you lose after that as well? I think it was still... I think the money was still sort of needing 3,000 a month or something stupid like that, you know, but... Uh, yeah. The, the top end car market is scary at the moment. I would oh, not. I would not want yeah. to be someone who's got something like a McLaren or a four eight eight or something like that on tick right now. I'd be very worried if I'm not going to keep it for more than three years. Yeah, yeah. McLarens are scary times. Well, the deals that they're doing and behind the scenes, the deals that they're doing are, are, are very. Oh, As- they, they look great, but you know you. I I don't have that kind of money to lose, so I I could yeah. I see. I think I think Aston's a prime example. I, I I could probably walk into Aston right now with some pocket change and a bottle of wine and walk out in a new vantage. Yeah. It's uh, there. Make it's, two bottles of wine, you could take the company. It's, yeah. Uh, I had an Aston same. Martin Vantage about a month ago. Beautiful. Okay. Well, the new one. Um, yeah, brand what did you, new. What did you um, think? Two hundred beautiful car. I actually tried to buy it, um, oh. despite the fact that after two hundred miles the the dashboard rattled, the exhaust <laughs> switch started rattling like a baked bean can, the engine management light came on, there was wind coming through the driver's door, and I can't remember, there was something else that went wrong with it. And I phoned them up on Monday, said, do you love it? And I went, yeah, but you know, it's falling apart. And they said, oh, well, we love to get to know our customers. And I thought, <laughs> well, that's like a doctor kicking you in the nuts every Monday. They come back next week. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not the kind of thing. That's not the relationship I want, you know. So, it's a shame. Uh, but because... still, I wanted it because I thought it was lovely. And the discounts, if I told you. Yeah. <laughs> would, yeah I, I couldn't really put it on a postcard. It's not fair to them. But there are deals to be had on Aston's. And yeah. I think they're fantastic cars. 
And I think the fact that they use the AMG 4-litre engine is a masterclass because they've made it not sound like a C63 driving down Sloan Street. This is true. Like a yob. They've made it sound like an Aston and they made it the same character as an Aston. So it's beautiful. I'd put my money into an Aston tomorrow if I knew that I wasn't going to lose money on it. So, have, um, have you been in the AMG GT? Uh, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was the problem with the Aston for me. I drove, I drove the Vantage. I took yes. it on the track at Goodwood. And then I drove one on the road as well. And I'd already driven a few of the GTs. Yes. Yeah. And I just couldn't... I like what Aston had done with the tuning. Because I, I think... I believe the agreement between Mercedes-AMG and Aston was you can use our engines, but you can't make them have a higher brake horsepower output than we do. Fair enough. So yeah. Aston went, that's fine. We'll keep the BHP the same. And we'll just pump the torque up instead yeah. so they made it a lot more responsive but you look at the two side by side and arguably the Aston's prettier but as an overall package the Mercedes just did it for me a bit more I think it felt like you said you had the rattles and things which you just don't get in the Mercedes no. I know that I, I'm, I hate myself for saying it because I love Aston's I love the old Vantage the V12 is one of the best cars I've ever driven um, but if someone put the two side by side right now and said you've got the cash have a AMG GT uh, GTS or an Aston, I'd probably jump in the Merc. See, and what I've done is I'm jumping into another 911. Well, that's, that's, I, that's I don't have I don't have the choice, to be fair. <laughs> I don't have the time or the luxury of firstly losing Aston kind of money. And I yeah. hate mm. saying this because I'm working with them next year, but hopefully they'll give me a better deal on the Vantage after that. <laughs> but just but, wait for the DBSs yeah, to come down a bit. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, they gave me a DBS Superleggera. Have you driven one of those? Not yet, but I'm, I'm lining it. one up at the moment. Really? Hated it. Oh. I couldn't wait to get back into my car. It, it, I just thought it was 275000 which is Rolls-Royce Wraith money. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've had a Wraith um, for a couple of days. And that car is a masterpiece, that car. It, I mean, oh, I, if I, could, have, if I could buy a Wraith today, I'd buy a Wraith today because it is beautiful. Not, not in gangster spec. Proper, <laughs> proper Rolls-Royce spec. But... Um, Unfortunately, the DBS misses it on materials, on driving experience, on cabin. It just misses everything, everything, which is a real shame. Vantage is a much better car than the DB11, 100%. Interesting. So I'll have to, um, have to give it a go. But the race are different kettle of fish, isn't it? I've, I, I bang on about Rolls-Royce quite a lot on my Instagram, as, as, as yeah. Rick is subject to all the time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. along with all everyone else. That's <laughs> That's just me. I, I, I also drove the Cullinan, you know. Um, oh, how, how was that? Absolutely fantastic. Yep. I mean, yeah, when, <laughs> when you're driving over peasants and <laughs> plowing through fields Sorry. of children who are stunned, pheasants, it doesn't matter what the car looks like. It really doesn't. It was phenomenal how fantastic it was. I actually, I actually did some man maths to see whether I could afford it, but you know, a two-bedroom flat in Windsor is a bit more attractive actually than, <laughs> yeah. than that. But, um, but yeah, it's phenomenal. They've really, really have made you know for people who've obviously got a hell of a lot of money, they've made the best off-roader in the world. They, they've just killed everybody with that car. But um, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look great, but it drives amazingly. I have heard from a couple of people that have driven it that it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, but. One of my friend's comments was, park it in your garage, and then yeah, yeah. then just walk in through the side door of your garage. You don't have to look at it too long. Get in it and drive it. Yeah. And then yeah. just 
just rinse and repeat this process. You'll have yes, an amazing yeah. car. You'll never have to look at the outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I up. personally, people, people I think the rear quarter looks amazing. People, people treat you differently in a Rolls Royce. You, you drive a 911 with the wing and everyone wants to spit at you, right? <laughs> you, you drive a Rolls Royce and everyone just wants to know you. It's amazing. I can 100% vouch for you on that. When I had the um, the Phantom, it was the same thing. Yes, yeah. People just want to talk to you, don't they? Yeah, when I had the things like Ferraris and McLarens and things like that, everyone wants to overtake you so they can swear at you as they go past. Yes. And every yes. time you park it in town, there's always some snide comment of, is it your dad's car or what do you have? Yeah. You know, how many drugs yeah. did you sell this week? And then when I had the Phantom 8 last year, which Rick got to shoot, uh, the it oh, was amazing. I, I was, I was, by the way. Yeah, I was fully waiting for the abuse. I was terrified of taking it into town at night and all these kind of things. And it had, it couldn't have had a more opposite effect. Yeah, people Everyone were coming up to me in petrol stations, like, "Oh, what's the story behind this? What's, what's, what's that? How much does that cost? What's that about?" Yeah, and admittedly, yeah. as soon as they found out, it wasn't mine. <laughs> they yeah, were not nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, it, it's ama- amazing what kind but of attention. I had the same it. thing with the Aston. We drove into London, and I had this woman lean out of her Ford Focus and knock on my window and said, "Boy, are you famous?" And I thought, oh, "What?" And I, <laughs> I'm sort of embarrassed. I was on the phone to somebody actually, and uh, I said, "No, I probably am now." <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that was it. But that, in the Aston, also people let you out, and I know it's a cliche yeah. thing, but like I drive my 911 like I drive any other car, and I, I love driving them hard. And you know, people don't get out of my way. I just, I, you know, you, you, if you flash your lights in a 911, God, jeez, God help, because <laughs> you know they're going to brake test you. And if, they're, and if it's oh, a yeah. Tesla in front, they're going to try and show to their mates that the Tesla's a lot faster than a 911. So you know, you get to. But but in a in an Aston, people look at you coming out when they pull over. In a Rolls Royce, is exactly the same. It's yeah. it's a lovely feeling actually. Both of those cars make you feel great. So um, you know, yes, yeah. So one day I'll have one, but I, I, it looks stupid outside the fish and chip shop though, with the dogs in the back. <laughs> you say that I took mine to a mate's birthday party and it was great. Oh, really? <laughs> Just parked it on the street. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's the thing. I think you need to have a lifestyle for those kind of cars. You know, yeah. they are very much lifestyle cars. But um, yeah, I don't have that kind of lifestyle. It's all. just just not oh, my sorry. lifestyle. That's all. No, definitely not mine either. It's, the, it's mine. definitely the a lifestyle. I'd like yeah, the, to try. You know, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. carpet in the boot of the Phantom was too nice to put my wellies in, so uh, I'm yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah, as, you... as, as simple country folk. Yeah. yeah. You look stupid in the Tesco car park. I took mine to Aldi. Just... <laughs> oh, brilliant! Excellent. Yeah, you, uh, I hope we... you got a picture of it there. <laughs> no, it didn't actually annoy me because my other half told me to not get out the car. <laughs> she said, "Park <laughs> it at the back and stay there." And I was like, "All right, fine." Oh, cool. <laughs> actually, one of the coolest things I ever saw, and I'm going to drop a name here because he's cool, is I saw J.K. <laughs> driving through Windsor in his Phantom, and he nice. had a black, he had a black Phantom at the time, and he had, and it was in, in the probably the peak of his career actually a few years ago. Uh, windows down, music blaring. He was driving through Windsor, and it looked like this sort of. Well, he's not very tall, and uh, sort of it, it looked comical actually. But the music that was coming out, and there was him sort of just with a cigar driving through Windsor in this huge <laughs> Phantom. It was it was a brilliant. I reminded him of the other day. Actually, he remembered doing it as well. He said, "I was such a twat." I said, "You were," <laughs> but cool at the same time. <laughs> so, they are all, all Rolls Royces. 
are just effort, effortlessly cool cars. Yeah, as long I, as they're not murdered out, though. I hate all those yeah. sort of yeah. aftermarket you don't sort of modify stuff that them. they do. It's just... No. Yeah. But I think if you just... I, I would say like a pov-spec Rolls-Royce, but I don't think, think it exists. But if you just go in and say to Rolls-Royce, I want a quintessential Rolls-Royce, you're going to yeah. get a cool car. Yeah. Yes. There's no bad one. No. No, no. Uh, the one that I drove, the colour that they gave me was purple with cream leather and purple inserts. Nice. <laughs> That's not oh, really. What um, <laughs> what what grade of purple are we talking here, Shami? We're we're talking uh, Thai royal purple type thing. Wow, like an aubergine or no, <laughs> no, nothing brighter as subtle than that. As that. Yeah. No, this was yeah, this was you know purple like angry bruise purple <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't a very nice shade of purple but oh, good Lord. i actually didn't care because i thought the car was bloody nice to drive so i didn't really look on the outside yeah, yeah i reckon yeah, half, half the thing, people of the m1 were probably laughing at me as i was let me tell you my friend runs rolls royce manhattan oh wow he, he had a customer go in and specify and i'm you don't cut this bit out right <laughs> He specified that he wanted a <coughs> toilet inserted in the back of his Cullinan. Gosh. They charged him 220,000 US dollars to put a toilet in the back of his car. Blimey. So, yeah. Um, they will do anything for you. Even what... put a toilet in the back of a car that looks like crap anyway. But why? <laughs> I don't why know. not? If you've got, you've got I, the money, I, I why not? There are services in, in New York. I presume there's a a McDonald's that you can run into. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Well, but, one doesn't get out of one's Rolls Royce to go and pee with the a, commoners. Having a dump in the back of a car while you're driving. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's especially a Rolls Royce. It's not a very pleasant place to be when I go to the loo. Do you know what I mean? Could Could you imagine sending your manservant out to get loo roll for your Rolls Royce? Yeah, while you're while you're reading, you know, the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous, but that's a true story. So that's that's, that's absolutely crazy. That's amazing. Oh no! Ah, well, well, I've really enjoyed this evening. Oh, no, we've enjoyed having you on. It's so, been great. I've got another couple of hours worth of work to get stuck. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we we've been going for an hour and three quarters. So are we? Is that is that about average or is it? No, no, it's not bad at all. Um, it's, not bad. it's 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 quite long. Um, yeah. I think I think I think it's probably our longest now really it but be, it has yeah. been a lot of fun so yeah. yeah no i've enjoyed it and have you heard of cracked wings cracked windscreen or the most motor podcast uh no there's a, there's another guy who does something on twitter mainly and he does a motor podcast okay i, I did a podcast with him and it lasted nearly three hours and he, and he didn't edit it he put the whole wow. thing on he said it was the longest thing he's ever done <laughs> wow that's cool <laughs> i told you i talk a lot no, it's fine. It's been it's been lovely. Actually. Rather that than you not say anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's been quite a boring hour or two. No, it's been great. Yeah, I've very much uh, enjoyed having you on. So cool. let's do uh, let us say we're going to wrap it up, okay? Um, yep. So let's uh, let's do all the socials. So Shami, yep. you you go first. Um, so uh, as in my social media. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. I am very. I, I love Twitter. Um, I have an account which I talk about cars a lot and not a lot of people know that I talk about cars a lot. (laughs) 
actually, should I mention it? I'd like to remain anonymous on that one. Let's forget okay, that one. Don't. So, <laughs> on, on, my, on my personal Twitter is LotusMan70, because I used to love Lotus, so I mm-hmm. call myself LotusMan70. And then my company uh, Twitter is Amoligato, O-R-O, so for orology. So Amoligato, O-R-O, that's, that's our company one. And then on Instagram, my um, personal Instagram is Mr. Amoligato. Um, and I put a lot of sneak previews of new things that we're doing. I sort of snippets and a few teasers. So if you want to find out about what we're doing next and who we're going to be working with and new designs and all that kind of thing, I, I tend to do a few leaks on there for a couple of hours on our, on my stories and then uh, and then pull it back down when I think, oh, God, I don't want to tell anyone yet. So, <laughs> so I have a lot of regrets on that Instagram account. <laughs> There's a lot of regrets going on there. And then the company one is Amoligato Watches on Instagram. And that, that's... I love that account. It's um, a lot of engagement with a lot of great people. And uh, I love putting the imagery that we do on there. So, um, you know, if you can follow that one and follow me on personally on Instagram, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's me. Great. Cool. I mean, I imagine by now all our listeners probably know James and I's, but uh, James is at Well Driven. I am indeed. Yeah. Yeah, Well, uh, well Driven. I think on the Twitter it's at well underscore driven or Ooh. yeah that's right yeah okay but um, um yep and I'm um at sprite underscore photography but also now at sprite dot photos um because I I I I added another one because I take a lot of other photos other than car stuff and I just had nowhere to put it so I've been throwing yeah. them up there um and then if you just search other social media i crop up so just search for sprite photography so yeah check those out give us a follow um obviously three car garage we we're on twitter and instagram and oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah at, at, at have... the number three car garage for those yes. interested <laughs> forgot about that um, <laughs> and we, we we're gonna try and be a bit more active on the months leading up to christmas because good lord we've been busy um very much so so yeah cool thanks very much everyone for listening thank you so much to shami for uh coming and being our guest yeah thank you uh, it's, it's been a pleasure honestly and... i didn't have to go back to work now i'd carry on talking but it's been a <laughs> i'd we'd probably let you like this would be say, wonderful yeah. <laughs> um makes my life a lot easier I can just, <laughs> yeah. I sit back crack open a bottle of wine just listen it's lovely shami <laughs> i would love to have you back at some point as well we'll we'll think of something um creative to do with it yeah and, uh, we'll, we'll get you back at some point if that's okay look forward to it thank you rick Brilliant. appreciate the appreciate the invite this time and next time around just give me a shout anytime you want great thank you so much all right um, Cheers, I, what a brilliant guest oh we, no Sham, shammy's a cool guy i, I, I got a I lot think, of time for i him. think we need to get him and ollie in a room together that would be amazing oh, my. we could just go on holiday uh, yeah <laughs> i think like we we could let's take them on holiday yeah we could just leave them there yeah, there you go. We could, there could be some wonderful stories between them. That that, that was brilliant. Oh, That's yeah, a real pleasure to do. What an episode, right? Like my yeah, mind's back, a little bit blown. That, that was a bang. I feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's start doing this regularly again. Um. Obviously. But yeah, yeah. that was really really good. I really enjoyed that. It was oh, a good one. It was good. a good. One. Take care, mate. Bye bye. You see, mate. Bye.